Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the parable that Jesus spoke about the workers in the vineyard. Well, Sven and Lena were having guests over Sunday afternoon, and for the occasion, Lena made a, a pie. And so after dinner, Lena went into the kitchen and had Sven Jr. come out, and she cut up the pieces, and so Sven Jr. brought the pie to his dad, and Sven looked at it, studied it, then passed it on to a guest. Then Sven brought, Jr. brought another one. He looked at it, he studied it, and he passed it on to a guest. Then Junior brought a third, and he started to do the same thing. And finally, Junior leans forward and says, It's no use. Mom, cut them all the same. <laughs> we're, we're always looking for what we want and what we think we deserve. It's part of our human nature. And yet, that's an interesting concept when we hear our Lord in the Old Testament tell us that his ways are not our ways. And it's very specific about what he's discussing when he says later, let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. What the Lord is really talking about is that his compassion is beyond what we can conceive. His ways are not our ways in the way that he has compassion. The contrast is between our idea of what we want and what we deserve with God's idea of compassion. And isn't that the contrast that the Lord is getting across with the parable of the workers in the vineyard? When we hear that parable, we immediately think about whether people are getting what they deserve. And what the Lord wants us to understand is do we grasp the graciousness and the grace of God that he so freely gives. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at this parable again. But we're going to do it by, by asking ourselves, who are you in the parable? Because that's what we normally do in the parable, right? As we approach a parable, we, who is it about? Who is it? Because it's obvious who the Lord is, right? The Lord is the master. Well, well who are you? Which servant are you? And we'll eliminate the, the middle servants because those aren't the ones Jesus focuses on. Jesus focuses either on those who work the full day or those who only work an hour a day. And they both receive the same pay. Which of those servants do you identify with? Because the servants that work the whole day, they're the ones who are faithful. They're the ones who are there right at the start and do what is expected. And as they would say later, that they bear the burden of the day, and they're glad to do it. It's who they are. And don't we kind of identify with them? We consider ourselves ones who work faithfully. Many of us, especially if we're talking about working within the, the, the Christian church, within the kingdom of God, we've, most of us have been Christians from the time we're little. And even if it's come later in life, we, we have tried to be faithful to the Lord in our worship and in our activity. And it seems like we're, we're doing those things that God calls upon us to do. We know the promises of God and, and we are active in that work. But if we're going to compare ourselves to the workers that work today, we also have to look at the attitude of the workers that work the full day. Because that attitude is revealed at the end. And they say, these last worked only one hour. And you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. 
is that an attitude you sometimes have. You see, they see themselves as the ones doing the work of the day, and they start to compare themselves with what the others did. Because they weren't necessarily unhappy with the denarius. What they're unhappy is, if you listen very carefully, is you made us equal to them. You've looked at us and seen us as the same. When in their mind, they are different. The pride is rather clear. But, but the pride isn't just for those workers. What about us? Have you ever compared yourself to others? Have you ever looked at fellow workers and wondered why they weren't pulling their fair share? Ever looked at others and wondered why they're not working as hard as you? Ever looked at other occupations and thought, boy, we, my profession should get a little bit more. It doesn't seem fair about what others are getting. Have you ever had the thought, why does it always come to me? Why do I always the one that has to stand up? Or, or my group always the one that has to do all the work? It's real easy for us to have that same sort of pride, is it not? We look at it in that way. But as we listen to the, the parable, our Lord wants us to identify with the workers at the end of the day. Right? We are called to identify with them. And the reason is, they're the ones that can identify the true grace of God. Because that's what our Lord wants us to recognize. That the workers who came last recognized in the Lord or in the Master one who is gracious. Because what the Master was doing doesn't make any business sense. His business is going to fail if he continues to pay workers in this way, right? The only reason for him to hire workers at the end of the day is to be gracious to them. To give them a job. To pay for them. Because it is interesting that, that he goes out. Why would he even go out in the last hour looking to see if anybody's there? Is it only because he intends to be gracious? And the workers are thankful for the work. Notice when the workers at the end of the day are hired, there's no negotiation. He doesn't say, I'll give it an error. He doesn't even say like he does earlier in the day, I'll give you what is fair. He just simply says, go to work. And the workers don't ask what they are getting. They're just thankful for what they have received. And no doubt they rejoiced in what they had received at the end of the day. You know, we haven't been as good as we think we are. When it comes to the workers in the field, we're not always the first workers. And this is why this is a struggle for, for us in this parable, to, to think of ourselves not as the first workers, but, but notice what makes the first workers good is their comparison to other workers. But what's the standard that we are to compare ourselves with? Is it with our neighbor? Is it our friend? Is it other people? Or is it the demands of the master? Is it the demands of the law? That's the real comparison we are to make. And the demands of the law are that we are to love our Lord perfectly and we are to love our neighbor perfectly. And when we make that comparison, how well do we stand? Do we really have Christ at the center of our life? That we never push him aside and focus our attention away? 
Do we really love all those around us with, with true compassion and love? Do we put them first before our own needs? If not, we're not the first workers. We're the last workers. That's the standard by which we are to realize and to recognize that we don't live up to the demands of God. But the Lord again wants us to realize this because in this understanding, we see the Lord for who he truly is. We see that what we receive is truly grace and God's generosity. That's what those last hour workers realized, that the master came looking for them with a desire to be gracious to them. Why were they still there? They said, well, no one has hired us. But don't you think they are still there because they don't want to go home empty-handed? They'd rather sit there and wait and hope that they'd find something. They don't want to go home with their, to their families and say, I couldn't find work, I couldn't earn money, my hands are empty, my pockets are empty, I have nothing to offer. And the landowner coming and hiring them in the 11th hour is saving their face, saving their grace so that they could go home and they would go home with, with great joy at what they had received, not because of what they had earned, but because they knew it was grace. And that's the attitude our Lord calls upon us to have. That, that we deserve nothing from the Lord, but what we have is totally out of his grace and, and out of his generosity for us. We have a gracious, loving God that even though we don't live up to his standards, even though we don't love one another, even though we are at times filled with pride, the Lord still loves us. He still loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. The grace is seen on the cross that, that for you, he would give up his life. For you, he would rise. And then doesn't that make us thankful for all that we see and all that we have and all that we are? And doesn't it also enable us to no longer compare ourselves with others? To look with a jealous eye or with a covetous heart toward what we want? That, that when we look and see the blessings that God gives to someone else, we rejoice also because it's a reminder that we have a gracious God. That someone else shares in that same grace that we share and has that same joy that we have. This is what we are to see and to recognize and rejoice in all of God's blessings, no matter to whom they are given. We rejoice that we have a God who is full of grace. As we go through life and as we look at the scriptures, we see there are many ways in which our ways are not God's ways. Many ways that we don't understand how things are working out or how it can be. Many ways in which our thoughts are not his thoughts. But they never could be because they're sinful. But the truest way in which God's thoughts, God's ways are not our ways, is in his compassion. His compassion for others <clears throat> goes beyond anything we could desire, anything that we could expect and in this we rejoice, that he will not withdraw that compassion, because we understand the fullness of his compassion. We know that that compassion will always be there. It'll never be taken away. It is ours today, tomorrow, next week, next year, and for all eternity. Because God is an eternal God, an eternally compassionate and gracious God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in truth faith, the life everlasting. Amen.